Hi, this is Pastor James Strickland, and you are listening to our sermon cast for Holman Park Baptist Church. Our world has lost its moral compass due to a rejection, a rejection of God's word, a rejection of what is right and wrong in God's eyes. And the result has been chaos. The consequences of our world straying away from the wisdom of the Bible means that everybody is depending on their own interpretation of what wisdom is and what it is not. But to get our lives back, to get our country back, to get our nation back, to get our church and our community back, Christians must depend upon godly wisdom. They must depend on godly wisdom to make their next move. Even I, in my own, in my own life, am depending on God's wisdom. I was just talking with somebody just five minutes ago about the fact that all we can do is pray for wisdom and then take that next step. And then tomorrow, if that problem presents itself, pray again and take the next step that God gives us. But there is a lot of voices in our world today. There are a lot of people claiming to have wisdom, but my friend, let me tell you what, there is no guru, there is no news channel, there is no cable channel, there is no Facebook post that can match the wisdom that comes from God. Now, it seems ironic here, but James, who wrote this book, is writing to the church. Remember, he's not writing to a bunch of lost people. He's writing to people like you and to like, and myself is that he's trying to remind them. And sometimes you need to be reminded, and I do too, that true wisdom comes from God above. And if there has ever been a time where we need believers to depend on the word of God and the wisdom of God, it is today. Because too many forces are trying their best to influence those in the church. And the problem is, is everybody's trying to do what's right in their own eyes. But no one's consulting what the Bible says. So before we jump into our text from James this morning, I think it's important to frame up our message, to frame up what I'm talking about with this verse here. Because it is important to frame this up right now when it comes to wisdom, because I do not have to cite an opinion poll to frame up what's going on today. I don't have to check with any politician or celebrity or athlete. I don't need to check the next tweet that is trending. I don't even have to watch my favorite news channel. The truth of the matter is, is the state of our world is found right in God's word. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3, and I'll put it on the screen for you if you'd like to read along. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound. And wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. Here's the thing the wisdom that comes today, the wisdom that we hear today is always self serving. As Christians, we must get back to God's wisdom that only comes from above. And so we are pressured on every side today to please. This person or that person, but ultimately people are trying to please their sinful, selfish desires. And they're trying to please them in unholy ways. So, have you heard of wrong way regals? i got to make sure I say that right. Have you heard of wrong way regals? 
Well, let me tell you about Wrong Way Regals. In 1929, during the Rose Bowl, the California Golden Bears squared off against Georgia Tech, the Yellow Jackets. Any fans? Okay. Seeing none, I'll move on. But anyway, he provided one of the most famous plays in college football. It was in the second quarter. The California player, Ron Regals, recovered a fumble, but instead of advancing it, he got confused and he got turned around and he began running towards his own end zone. Well, Regals said later in an interview that he said, I was running toward the sidelines when I picked up the ball and I started to turn to my left towards Tech's goal. Somebody shoved me and I bounded right off into the tackler and pivoting to get away from him. I completely lost my bearings. Now, this guy was like he played on offense. He played the center, the guy that hikes the ball. And on defense, he played nose guard. They don't let them guys touch the ball at all. Unless the center, of course, he's, he's hiking the ball. So I, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, as a former lineman, if you ever get to touch the ball when it's in play, you don't know what to do with it, am I right? So, so wrong way Regals, he picks it up, and he gets bounced around. Before he knows it, he is disoriented, and he sees a goal, and he starts running towards it. So his teammate and quarterback, Benny Lorne, chased Regals, screaming at him to stop. Known for his speed, the the quarterback finally caught up with him at the three-yard line and turned him around. But it was they were immediately hit by Georgia Tech players, and before you know it, they made an easy score. So the thing is, is that like wrong way Regals, we can get turned around, and we can get disoriented when the world starts coming at us, and when when we have an opportunity to do something, it's real easy to get caught up into the moment. Just like he did, but everyone is going in directions that that feels right to them, but in all actuality, people have lost their way. And you know what? A team can accomplish anything if they're working together, but if a team has different goals, then they will never succeed. So because of that, there, there is a call today for every believer, everyone in this room, everyone watching by social media. There is a call for us today as believers to exercise godly wisdom. It's time for you and I to quit making decisions based on what we think everybody thinks we ought to do. You and I must get on our knees. We must plow through our Bibles and we must seek God for wisdom. He is always there. His wisdom is unchanging and his plan is perfect. So with that said, let's let's look and see what James is talking about. The first thing that we see when it comes to godly wisdom is that your actions give proof to your wisdom. Your actions give proof to your wisdom. Just a little quick background before we read this passage. Uh, the early church was in a critical condition. And if you were to read this passage and, and jump into it, let me just tell you, it's like you're watching the news right now in today's culture. Because the early church was at a critical crossroads, there was a lot of tension between Rome, the government, and the Jewish Christians, the church. So the Christians within the church were more concerned with justice and being treated fairly and not letting Rome run them over. So because of that, they wanted to amass force. There were riots. 
There were demonstrations and there were declarations. The church, instead of being consumed by the gospel and about the message of Jesus Christ, they were consumed with power and protection from Rome. The loving gospel of Christ was substituted for some type of vigilante war cry. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Well, James is warning the church to back off the hate and fighting in lieu of cooler tempers and smarter choices. You see, the church began to act more like a militia than a church family. So you and I need to be careful, believer, not to soak up all of the hate that we see on TV and on our phones and on our tablets and everywhere we look. There is so much hate out there today. We need to be careful not to ingest that. And the only way to defend against that is to have godly wisdom to help you filter it. Look, there's this new term called being woke. If you are woke, then that means that you are aware of someone's plight. You are aware of a certain movement. And they say, look, if if you want to be cool, you got to be woke, right? But the thing is, is that being woke in the eyes of people will do you no good if you are wrong in the eyes of God. Being woke to some type of social justice means nothing if we are doing the things that are against God's word and against God's plan because he is the ultimate judge. Because what we see here is that erratic and unhinged behavior is the opposite of wisdom. It is foolishness. Let me ask you, when you look at what's going on in this world today, is everything together? Is everything calm? Are people working together? No, it's exactly that because people are not seeking godly wisdom. Think about your life. Is your life out of control? Is your life erratic at times? I know when mine gets that way, because it does, it's because I do not depend upon godly wisdom. So let's look at the passage. It says in verses 13 through 16, Of James chapter 3, it says, If you are wise, understand God's ways. Prove it by living an honorable life, doing good with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitter jealousy and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder of every kind of evil. I love it the way this passage puts this. It says point blank. If you are wise and understand God's ways, then prove it. Prove it. Don't talk about it. Prove it. James is calling out all who believe in Jesus Christ to prove the fact that they're listening to godly wisdom. Our community and our families and our churches and our nation and our world are desperate for Christians who have an ear to God's wisdom to prove it. Now, James is calling out the silent majority here. James is calling out the disobedient minority. And so we see that if you call yourself a believer, folks, it is time to act. I am sorry I made you cry. (laughs) It's all good, man. (laughs) It's all good. Anybody else crying? Do you need to leave? I didn't mean to preach that hard. (laughs) Uh, Poor little Wilson. Um, uh, So glad he's going to be all right. 
But uh, the truth of the matter is, is that if you call yourself a believer, folks, it's time to act. I, I understand this term, silent majority, is something that political people are using because they can't explain why polls are not reflecting what's actually happening. But, folks, the problem is the silent majority, most of them go to churches. They're silent about their politics, but they're also silent about their faith as well. If you call yourself a believer and you practice godly wisdom, it doesn't mean you've got it down. But if you strive to, te- to, to get godly wisdom, it's time to act and make decisions based on God's word. Notice what he says here, that godly wisdom can be proven in two tangible ways. This is not some slick list that I'm coming up with. This is right in the scripture. If you want to know that you're employing godly wisdom to your situation... There are two things that you have to do. Number one, live an honorable life. Folks, integrity in the life of a Christian is crucial. With a number of quote-unquote godly leaders and politicians and athletes and celebrities that have fallen over the years due to moral failures, the world often now, instead of being shocked by it, they often expect it. Don't depend on a bumper sticker or a t-shirt to represent your faith. Let your actions represent your faith. Live, a, live an honorable life. Honor is not something you can buy or make. It is given to you as you earn it in the way that you live. And the second thing is, first is living an honorable life. The second thing is doing good works with humility. Here's the thing about humility. See if you can answer this. What is the one thing... Once you lose, excuse me, what is the one thing once you realize you have it, you lose it? What's the one thing that when you realize you have it, you lose it? Humility. Humility. And the thing is, is that any time I think of humility in my life, because there were, there was a time in my life where I had to deal with something called entitlement. Do y'all know what entitlement is? In other words, I am, I am me, and this is what I've done all these years, and this is what I'm entitled to. Teenagers like to tell parents what they are entitled to. You know, we, we all understand the term entitlement, but when I read this, I kind of drop the cause. I, I, I stop waving that flag because it says in Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8, it says, You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took a humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God, and he died a criminal's death on the cross. Folks, if Jesus could humble himself, there is no reason you and I could not do the same. The next thing we see in Scripture is that don't dress up inver- don't dress up envy and bitterness and jealousy as righteousness. Some in the church wanted to overthrow the Roman government. But folks, inciting people within the church to riot was conventional. It helped them get a, some people to fight, but ultimately they lost the battle. Have you seen a church ever that fought? Have you seen a church fight ever end without carnage and fallout? They did not want the message of Jesus Christ to transform lives. They wanted war, but they disguised it as spiritual zeal. Oh, I am so, so spiritual. I want to, to fight against all the forces that are oppressing us. That's not the gospel. 
And ultimately, it was short-sighted. See, you and I, we must be honest with our intentions, like many today. Do you want chaos or do you want peace? You see, you need to check the source of your actions. Calling your bitter jealousy and desire for a fight a spiritual gift is wrong. It is short-sighted and ineffective. James says it early or clearly that it's earthly, it's demonic, and it's unspiritual. Folks, don't add to the level of hate in the world by claiming that your hate is spiritual. Because it's not. God knows the difference, and so do those who witness you carry it out. You see, the gospel of Jesus Christ will change hearts, which leads to change life and change worlds. You see, these Christians here in the first church, they were so consumed with overthrowing Rome, do you know what it got them? It got them defeated. Because in 70 A.D., the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed. And they were sacked. Because they spent all their time worried about fighting and not enough time about their faith. I would encourage you and myself as well, as we look at verse 16, this is the lens we ought to look at our world through. This is the filter. When we are trying to think about something, we should let it kind of be like a if you've ever sifted wheat or sifted sand or done those cheesy roadside you know, sifting for gems, you know, where you put the sand out of the little river or a little trough, and then you put it in there and you shake it out and you get some kind of plastic ruby they've, they've put in there. But the truth of the matter is, is that when you're trying to make a decision and you take God's word and you pour that decision through God's word and what comes out is godly wisdom. Here is here is when you watch your next newscast, when you look at your next news feed or however you get your information. Let me ask you, what would it look like if you look through this lens? Verse 16, wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. How does that look at everything that we see coming in our eyes and in our ears? You see, when you see what's happening in the world, tell me what this verse reveals. Riots, destruction, murder, shouting, violence, clothed in what they call movements. It's jealousy and ambition. This world masquerades these things and they act like that these things are moral and right and loving when the Bible calls it evil. We're living in an upside down world. The second thing we see is that true wisdom has specific qualities. True wisdom has specific qualities. Now, I don't do much baking because, to be quite honest with you, I'm not good at it. I'm good at eating it, but I'm not good at doing it. But I can, I'm telling you what, I can cook a, a grill, a mean steak on my foreman grill. I know those true grillers are, are kind of offended that I use the foreman grill, but hey, you gotta use what you can. Anyway, I use that foreman grill, and some people, how many of y'all like your steaks rare? Anybody? Oh, bless your heart. Some of you, you'd like it one cardiac shock to be back on its feet. I understand. But, I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I don't like the pink. I, I like to get it well done. And so I, w- I don't know exactly how long it takes because I guess there's this ratio of weight to heat and all that kind of stuff like that. I'm not that smart to figure it out, but I do know that once it starts getting brown on the outside that it's cooking, right, 
that it's grilling. And then so if I want to make sure it's like I like it, I just take a knife and a fork. And what do you do? You cut in the middle of it. And you look at it and see if it's, you know, if it's still bleeding, I'm going to leave it on there. Some of you are like, oh, that's just right. You know, put a sizzle on it and put it on the plate, right? No, no, I don't want a mad cow disease. All right. But the truth of the matter is, is that there are certain qualities I'm looking for to get the steak like I like it. Just like you when you cook or you bake or you do those things. So when it comes to our faith and when it comes to true wisdom, there are certain things that we must look for. And this verse spells it out because there are many sources of wisdom today. So you have to know what you're looking for. We've got, of course, we're in church, so we're going to say the Bible and prayer and the media and worship. Those are sources for wisdom. Some people turn to false religions. Some people turn to fortune tellers, astrology and soothsayers. Some of you remember the friends, the psychic friends network. Some, some of you are too young to remember that. And then there was, there, there was this other one, Miss Cleo, the lady who would get on and say, Ah, call me now. I'll tell you your future. Some of you remember that. But Dion Warwick had this big psychic network, all of these folks. I was doing some study and I realized, did you know they went bankrupt and went under? Hmm, you thought they'd have seen that coming. I worked hard for that joke. But my point is, if you didn't get that, I'll explain it to you later. But my point is, true wisdom has specific biblical qualities. You don't have to depend on a soothsayer. You don't have to depend on a 900 number. You don't have to depend on the newspaper and your astrological sign, whatever that means. Just like when I know it's time to take a steak off the grill, you and I can know when we are listening to true godly wisdom. And here it is, verse 17. But the wisdom from above is, first of all, pure. It is peace-loving. It is gentle at all times and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds, full of the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. Here's something I want you to write down. I want you to burn it in your head. God will never instruct or condone impure sinful actions as a means to resolve a decision or situation. If you are praying for godly wisdom and you are praying for God to give you an answer on how to handle something, if it involves you sinning, then that is not true wisdom. You don't. Help your cause by, if someone has done something out of hate to you, you don't help yourself by adding an act of hate towards that. That is not true wisdom. Godly wisdom, if you are seeking godly wisdom, you will seek reconciliation over revenge or retaliation. You will seek truth over lies. You will seek life over death, light over dark, and peace over war. So when you are seeking wisdom for a response, ask yourself, does this action that I'm going to take, if it's truly godly wisdom, does it promote peace? Does it place me in a gentle state, even when I'm in a situation where I shouldn't be? Does it cause me to yield? And I'll go ahead and tell you, 
I have a hard time if I'm riding in that right hand lane and there is somebody that's supposed to yield to me and they don't. I, my Christianity gets tested because I don't want to let them in. Because they're supposed to yield, not me, right? But that's not what the Bible is saying here. Is that It says even though you may not be required to yield, that does this decision cause you to yield? Because I'm going to go ahead and tell you, if you're yielding to somebody's will against you, that only means that you're yielding towards God and godly wisdom. Does it offer mercy? And does it cause you to do good deeds? Because here's another thing. Making a decision using godly wisdom will de-escalate a volatile, evil situation. Look, it hasn't been, well, yeah, it has been a long time, very long time, since uh, I used, used to be a teenager and have the shouting matches with my mom. She was half my size, but, boy, she could hold her own. And I, I've told you all before, I'd come home from church, and then she'd say something, and it would set me off, and I would start, and then all of a sudden, louder, louder, louder. She ultimately won the argument. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that. But when you see these things happening and you say, look, you know, if I get a harsh response and I give a harsh response back, that just turns up the radio a little louder. Have you all ever... Been in your car and your favorite song comes on. You're just having a good old time. And then you get out of the car. You go to wherever you're going and you come back in and the the radio was blaring. You're like, oh, my goodness. What was that? It's because the volume had got cranked up so high you didn't realize how high it was. And that's what happens when we don't use godly wisdom. It escalates the situation instead of de-escalating it. You'll, you'll see on all these favorite cop shows and, and fire shows and all this kind of stuff, the, the, the job of those first responders is to stabilize and de-escalate a situation, not make it worse. I can imagine if you know, a house is on fire and a firefighter pulls up and the homeowner says, my house is on fire, and the fireman goes, oh no, what are we going to do? That would probably not be the right response. But folks, when... When you get around your little friends in your little circle or around your biscuit at Hardee's or whatever you're doing and you talk about how bad the world is and you give all your comments and all your complaints but no resolution and no de-escalation, you're not using godly wisdom. That goes for posts too. Third thing we see is that true godly wisdom makes life better for you and those who follow you. James 3.18 says, And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. You see, many of you who are listening today, either in person or by other means, know the pain of having a family member who has made a bad decision or even right now is making bad decisions. Some of you are the are that family member that's making those choices led by a desire for either revenge, addiction, or selfish satisfaction, or maybe even just trying to please your own physical desires. Some may be that type of person that is causing chaos and drama in a family or a situation only because they feel like the only time they are needed is that they can create a chaos, much like someone who sets a house on fire only so they can put it out. This world is filled with people like that. But the thing is, is that everyone is impacted by our lack of wisdom. 
You see the ripple effect in families. You see the ripple effect in churches. You see the ripple effect in our country. That's like I tell people all the time. And and those of you that that haven't been here before or don't know much about me, I don't preach politics from the pulpit. I believe that we need to vote. I believe we need to study our Bible. I believe that we need to research the candidates and vote where we believe God is leading us to vote. I do not believe we need to stay home. I believe we need to vote. If you don't, don't say anything about it. But when I think about of all the people that we have in our country, and the people that we've put up for the last couple of elections is the best we got? It's because people are making bad wisdom. I mean, they're, they're, they're using bad wisdom. They're not using true wisdom from God. And, and years of destructive cycles can be remedied by one person who seeks to apply godly wisdom. I had the privilege of speaking with a mentor friend of mine that I had first met when I was in middle school. And uh, this man had a profound impact on me coming to know Christ. I, I fully believe if it hadn't been for him, I probably would not be standing in front of you today. And over the years, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, he had some very tough days. And we lost track of each other for over 30 plus years. But he recently told me that the bad decisions that he had made and the impact that it had on him, and not only him, but his family and those that he loved. However, however, God got a hold of his heart and turned him around. And using godly wisdom has turned his life around and has turned his family life around. And it started with one person. So if you are in a family or in an organization or in a church or in a situation to where there is drama and you don't know why there's drama, you first have to ask yourself, am I the cause of the drama or can I stop it by using godly wisdom? It's never too late to seek and employ godly wisdom. The seeds of godly wisdom you plant today will be reaped for years to come. Every one of you in here, in this church today, are here because somebody planted seeds of godly wisdom in your life. It's time to turn your world around today. It's time to turn this world around by starting today, right here and right now. Committing to God today to seek His wisdom above all else. And I'll wrap up with this. We need to know the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Do you know the difference between knowledge and wisdom? Knowledge enables us to identify and dismantle everything. In other words, if I don't know how my clock works, I can get a screwdriver and a pry bar or whatever else I need to do, and I can spend however long it takes to disassemble that, and I will have knowledge of how it works. But wisdom is knowing how to put things back together. Wisdom enables us to put things back together by relating our experiences to God's word. So please, my friend, if you are struggling today with godly wisdom, put your life back together today. Make it stronger. Don't be a whiner. Be a doer. Resist the temptation to further the gossip and escalate the hate and fuel disunity. Because true wisdom comes from God. Don't consult God as one of the options for your next step. Commit to God alone 
as the answer for your next step. For some, that step today is a step towards Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. For some, it's a step away from themselves and a step back to the God that they have strayed away from. I got news for you. If you feel like God is far away from you, he has not moved. It just takes one step. You need to make your decision today. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word today. Thank you for giving us godly wisdom. And dear Heavenly Father, if there is anyone here today that has been struggling with what to do, what to think, how to act, and has just been overwhelmed with what they see that's going on in this world today, remind them that you are still in control. That everything happens within the control of your hands. And if they are seeking your wisdom, if they seek you, they will find you. And if there's one person here today that does not know you as their Savior and Lord, may they pray for you to come in their lives and to forgive them of their sins. I I feel like there's many here today that are Christians and have been Christians for some time, but are really struggling with consulting you with the way they do their lives. They like to make their own decisions and then get you to bless them, but you don't work that way. May they take the Scripture May they evaluate where their life is. May they evaluate their actions and return to you where they need to return. Confess their sin. Repent and cry out to you. If there's anybody here today that needs help with that decision or they want to make sure that they are are a Christian this morning, or they want to join our church or be baptized, I'm not going to leave until everybody is gone. If there's one person here maybe watching Uh, By video, message me. We will get in touch with you or get you in touch with someone that you know. But the scripture has been read. God, you're dealing with hearts. May you change our hearts and change our actions to be in line with true godly wisdom. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.